MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Here we begin hour number three of Live Bet Saturday, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Dave Ross, Mike Palm, coming at you here from Circus Sportsbook, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Over in Demon Deacon Country, 83-79. Wake Forest with that big win there. A long time ago when I was covering sports in North Carolina, I had written a column about uh, East Carolina. And they came into my office and said, we don't write about ECU here. We write about Duke, Carolina, NC State, and maybe Wake Forest. Just those four. That's it, baby. That was the ACC country. I learned a valuable lesson that day. Wake Forest, so putting their hat in the ring with a nice win today. And they do, uh, uh, I believe they were laying two and a half, I believe was the closing number there. They get the four-point win over John Shire and company. We had mentioned UNC and UVA. They are at the break at the JPJ in Charlottesville. 16 points for the home team. 26-16 deficit, UNC in the lead. 16 points, Mike. I mean, what are we doing? You, you tried mean? to talk me into the 130 number. Didn't you take a look at that total? I mean, I'm on. okay, though. I mean, I laid a point and a half. I'm up 10. I mean, they had four at the 10-minute mark. So, right? So, they, they closed with a rush. A big rush to get rush. to 16. Four the first 10, 12 the second 10. Big Blue Nation is on a 20-2 run over Alabama. We're at the under uh, four timeout. 17, wow. 48-31. They're going to score 60 in the first half here. My goodness. Your overplay is looking pretty good right there. By the way, on the live number, it's now 187.5. You got it at 175.5. And Kentucky in the live number now 13.5 to get that win. Whoa. So we'll keep abreast of those changing numbers as they continue to move. Want to continue a conversation we had in hour number one was NFL. We talked a lot about the draft. And also going hand-in-hand with the draft will be free agency. And that's going to be dictated by salary cap. First of all, I think this is what makes the NFL the passion that it is when it comes to American sports. It does feel like, I don't want to say the fairest system, but because the Packers can, you know, financially be in the same playing field as the Cowboys or the Los Angeles teams or the New York teams, it kind of shows the beauty of it, that you do have to manage money Unlike Major League Baseball, we can just buy over the luxury tax and pay for whatever we want to pay. It's why you have the haves and the have-nots in Major League Baseball. You don't necessarily have that in the NFL. Why doesn't the other leagues go to the same system as this? I think it just has to do with the, the core group of ownership and, and how they protect. And those small market teams don't have enough of a voice in Major League Baseball with the revenue share. Uh, it, it is, to your point, Dave, Pretty amazing that almost every year a team goes from worst to first. So with the Texans right, yes, this year, yep. Gill and Kelly did that piece on a numbers game about every year since 2000, at least one team that was projected wins is below 500 makes the playoffs. There were four this year. It's pretty amazing. 
it feels like again we're not yeah. telling the yeah. other leagues how to run yeah. their their yeah. leagues, but the interest level would certainly be much higher because. You know, that what's the the, the, the the tide that raises all boats? How about this? Is expected the salary cap to be raised over thirty million to a record two hundred and fifty five million. This is per Shefty of there from ESPN. And so now all of a sudden, like everybody's getting more in the coffers to spend more. So the teams are gonna have some extra dough to throw around. Teams like the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, current 2024 salary cap space was 72.8 million. Now we know it does. It's contingent upon Joey B being back to being Joey B. If you want to make a play on them uh, next year in the futures market. But when you have that kind of cap room for a team that we feel like, well, if Burrow doesn't go out and they were still competitive without Joey B as they had Jake Browning come in there. What do you make of a, a team like Cincinnati with that kind of cap space to fortify what they already have? Yeah. Well, they need to fortify their offensive line as well, right? I mean, and protect Burrow. You know, two years ago, we talked about, or um, there was a notion that that AFC West was oh. going to be the best division of division all time, Division of right? death, I call it. And it, was, and it, and it, it was a big, flat disappointment. You might make the argument that this year's AFC North was. Yes. Think about the, the teams you had, and Cincinnati was without Burrow. I mean, that's why I say it's going to be very hard for Baltimore to run it back. Very, very, very hard, in addition to losing their defensive coordinator. And I don't know that they're going to be able to sign all the pieces on the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, so the Bengals are very interesting. Uh, I mean, they're the last team to be able to defeat Mahomes in an AFC championship game and went into and went into Arrowhead to do it. Um, what would the team have been if he'd have been healthy all year? We don't know. We saw when Higgins went out what an effect it had on their team. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was night and day when he came back. So to the point that they'd be able to retain him because of the extra salary cap, the room they have, and now add $30 million on top of that. Um, uh, I, yes, you could make the argument that they could be one of the teams that benefit most from this. 7-1 to one for the Bengals to win the AFC. I had the, the Ravens last year to win the division at plus 275 here at yep. Circa and plus 1250 to win the AFC. One got home, one did not. Well, what a good number. And it was kind of projecting, look, you can't, can't great. handicap any injuries. Didn't yeah. know Joey B was going to go out. But I, I feel like, I don't know if you're going to get similar numbers once the division prices come out on the Bengals. But at 13-1 to win the Super Bowl, I might look to that 7-1 to for the AFC. And you might be able to hedge off it at least if they make a deep run. Which I think, again, if they keep the, the quarterback up, right? And that's where your point about the offensive line comes into play. They spend some of that money on the offensive line. Which they have done, by the way. It just hasn't worked out. Uh, with some of the money has not necessarily been the, the money well spent. The Chiefs, by the way, is the reigning defending two-time defending Super Bowl champions are sitting kind of right in the middle. They've got uh, 27.7 to spend. You know, they, they kind of bucked a trend with Patrick Mahomes taking all the money, highest paid player in the league, and yet normally that does not correlate to team success. Well, it did last year, and it has the last two years. So even though Mahomes got that monster deal, which some people still say is team-friendly at the end of it, they were able to do that without having, say, high-priced free agency at the wide receiver spot. Is that where they look with some of that money that they have to spend? That would be my lean, right? Because they went from being a team with Tariq Hill to where, you know, they needed to score 35 a game, and they did it to have this to the team that was clearly led by their defense last year. I mean, their defense won these games. I mean, well, Spags did an I, unbelievable job. I know you you had to have that painful championship Sunday watching that that early game in Baltimore. But you ever think you'd see any Reed just run the ball first two times every time he touched it the nope. second half? Nope. Just knowing that Lamar Jackson couldn't overcome a ten point lead, your your MVP. I mean, they played that game like they knew seventeen was enough. They shortened the clock. Uh -huh. They didn't score in the second <laughs> yeah. half and still won yeah. uh, by playing defense. To your point, again, this was. I know that Patrick Mahomes, MVP, back-to-back -back in the Super Bowls, and that's what we all talk about, but you nailed it. Inside the numbers, it really was the defense that led the Chiefs to this championship. They're plus 650, by the way, to go back-to-back-to-back, -to -back -to -back, something that's never happened in the history of the Super Bowl era. Don't know that I want to play that small number, but you do think – I actually think they're going to be better than this version. Like last year, we thought, well, this is the year to fade them because they're not going to be better. It's finally going to show that the wide receiver deficiency, and it didn't. That's the greatness of 15. But it really was that defense that enabled them to have that swoon. Remember the Raiders came in on, what, Christmas Day and 
just beat them up. They didn't and, complete a pass after the first quarter. The Raiders and beat them up in Kansas City, yeah. and that team went on yep. to win the Super Bowl. So with this cap space. Chiefs going to be better offensively. I think they have to be. And um, I know Rishi Rice made strides this year. Um, Tony is not, I don't know, he, maybe he's done there. I mean, he's not a oh, wide no, receiver. he's a number one receiver. That's what he, he told you. He can't, I mean, his hands are, t- if you just watch him, he doesn't have the technique at all. Uh, scantly, scantling. I mean, you know, he, he's going to catch Drop some and he's some. not going to yeah, catch oh, some. Boy. But I would certainly think that they're going to try to upgrade it at wide receiver, which was the weakest position on their team. I look at the Niners and their cap space, 25th most in the league that they're going to have at the offing, which is not much. They have under a million dollars to spend right now, 834165 So, man, I, I don't want to say this is what it is, but obviously when you're runners-up in the Super Bowl, you're going to have the second-to-last pick. They're not going to have a lot of wiggle room in the free agent market is this team good enough without money to spend right now and a low pick coming in? Now, look, you can nail some of those picks still and still alter your your makeup. But what do they need? Because I look at it and I go, maybe offensive line help is something that kind of broke down a little bit. At least the Chiefs got some pressure on Purdy and company. I thought their inability to stop the run was their problem. Uh, the Packers and the Lions both ran the ball at will on them in the playoffs. So they were very lucky to make it to the Super Bowl. They were down in both of those games can make a lot of arguments about how the Lions... Um, oh, boy. I thought when they held the 49ers to the field goal in the opening drive of the second half, they were winning it. I yeah. said, this is really happening. The fumble, the Gibbs fumble, obviously turned a lot, and Campbell not wanting to take the field goal, but I think they've got to shore up that run defense. They have so many weapons on offense, so many weapons to go around Purdy, um, and and they can run the ball in many creative ways and, and throw the ball... Will Ayuk be back? I mean, I know his wife made the video saying this might be the last time we're here. I don't know what they were hinting at there, but uh... it's what's amazing to me is they're the shortest favorite to win the Super Bowl. Even though normally we have the traditional Super Bowl hangover for the loser, right? At plus five fifty, we kind of laid out they don't have a lot of money now. They they could franchise a lot of guys or extend some guys, and that will alleviate cap space. If you are John Lynch. And Kyle Shanahan having these conversations. That's what they're going to have to do if they want to add pieces to a, to a team that if they if they plateau, if this is what it is, it's still good enough to win. But other teams are going to get a lot better in free agencies, uh, in free agency, and some teams that are kind of knocking on the door to be on their level. I don't know how much better they can get if they want to risk some of these extensions to alleviate the cap hit. I think. Being what they are today is good enough. Probably get some back to the Super Bowl, right? In that NFC, I, 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 when people ask me, what do you look at in prices here? I said, I think the Lions are interesting. I think the Packers are interesting. Um, Cowboys in, in the NFC. Oh, stop! Is Prescott going to be their quarterback? Twenty to one for the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. I think it's a good number. I don't dispute the number, but at some point they're going to have to get to a championship. What do you game mean is Dak going to be the quarterback? He's America's quarterback. As long as you it, live in America, he's your quarterback. Watching his body language, the first two possessions against Green Bay. I don't know what happened. There. Were they fighting all week? I was weird, mean, weird. What was going on there? <laughs> More hoops talk next on Live Bet Saturday. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together, we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... 
Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you haven't already checked out the new website, what are you waiting for? VSAN.com. I know that Lou Finicaro has got some great breakdowns of UFC Mexico that are out right now. So, what are you waiting for? Check out the VSAN.com and the new website and check it out today. Back alongside Mike Palm, Dave Ross here as we look at some. In-game numbers, oh my goodness. Still no points scored in the second half. 26-16, UNC over Virginia in the first possession of said second half. Watching Virginia try to score points is like me dating in high school. It's just tough to watch. It's not going to happen. But let's see if they can get back. Oh, and that that grazed the rim. The first possession (laughs) of the second half, and they get a shot that grazes the rim. Uh, Not looking good. I believe we've reached halftime at Rupp, and it's all Kentucky all the time. 100 even, 58-42. 58 <laughs> points in the first half. Said they might score 60. You know, uh, Colby Dan, who we had on in the first segment, he did say that the better defensive team would be Kentucky today. You know, we always talk about Kentucky's defensive uh, deficiencies. What about Bama? You're giving a 58 and a half in a half? Whew. You score 42 and you're down 16. Second half total is 94. So I've got 19 points. Should I go under here? Should I go under 94? You got, you got a nice. I got, got 19 a, points. You got a nice middle. 18 and two sideways numbers. Well, you're you're at your stage of if it stays where it is, there's no fouling late, right? You just call off the yeah. dogs mm-hmm. if you're Nate Oates and just wave the white flag and we'll live to fight another day. Well, I'm going to let it go a little while here. Yeah, I'm going to let it go. See how let it goes. It go. Yeah. Let's and see how it starts. If they get back into it. get back into it, then it's interesting. Then it's the foul fest. Uh, There are some other games. We talked a little bit about it with our first guest on the show. It was Texas against Kansas. The number has risen. It was seven Mm. and now up to eight. Now we're seeing some eight and a halfs out there uh, against, again, a matchup we might not see anymore once we get conference realignment. Total of 144 and a half. Is that like that used to be a high total to me. Now when you're seeing totals, you know, in the high 150s, 160, I don't know how high that actually is anymore. But it shows that maybe we're expecting some defense to be played here. How do you handicap this one? Yeah, I I was on Kansas State Monday night, and they covered the number in Austin at the Irwin Center uh, against Texas. I think this Texas team, I said said they're closer to the bubble than people think. I just look at their resume along the way, and I say, where are the wins? I know the conference is very good. I know this number is rising. I didn't play this game. I'd look Kansas here. I think Allen Fieldhouse... It's probably worth three points mm. in these games. And it's their last game there. Colby brought up a good point. It's their last game there. The fans will be ready to say goodbye to Texas. We saw Wake Forest storm the court. You, you beat Duke. I get it, kids, right? And, and Colby actually said maybe Kansas storms the court. No, they won't. No, 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 there's too, the too much dignity but there. But what if, what if, like, we hate you and we're not going to see you anymore, so this is the last time, so we're really going to stick it to you. I think it's they would consider it beneath them, though. We don't give the kids a pass I, on that I one? Don't, I, I don't think Because, you, you know, do. people are going to be up in arms one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. Certain things the kids are allowed to do and certain ones they're not. Oregon is laying two on the road ad at Cal. 
in the Pac-12, down Pac-12, as we've discussed. Total there of 148.5. Any opinion on the quack attack laying a small number on the road? Well, I, I watched Cal was playing. I can't remember who they were playing earlier in the year. They were up 20 at home on some team. And the next time I looked up, they were down. I mean, I thought, well, maybe Cal's better, right? I mean, this has been a bottom power five team now for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight and eight in conference, so they've held their own. But still, yeah, as I mentioned, the out-of-conference bad, 12 and 15 overall. I would lay the two here with the Ducks. On the road against Cal. I want to stay in the conference here a little okay. bit and talk about some other matchups. One, I just a broader question for UCLA. What the hell has happened to UCLA? Like, this is a oh. team I thought, we're, we're back. Like, I, we're not back to Wizard of Westwood days. Well, he, he kept that core group together longer than yeah. most people can, right? He kept all those kids in school, and they were very good for four years. And then Jaime Hawkes goes. And go. once they left, it's rebuilding time for Mick. Uh, the recruiting classes, I guess, weren't quite as good. Wow. I, I say, is he on the hot seat there? Well, see, that, that to me would be preposterous. Yeah. That once he brings in those kids, yep. they achieve. We're going to Final Fours. We're going deep in conference tournaments. Uh, and by the way, they're laying five against SC today. Andy Enfield and company. Maybe he's on the hot seat there too. Former, uh, you know, Dunk City kid back in the uh, Florida Gulf Coast days. And, I remember and, watching that game. I'd never Georgetown. heard of that team. It was unbelievable. Uh, I remember it well because I just interviewed JT3 uh, days before that first round match. There was a 215 yep. matchup. And Florida Gulf Coast, Andy Enfield was the head coach there. And they and I remember talking to Coach, not really worried too much about that first-round matchup. You know, normally coaches give you that coach speak. Yep. Didn't sense that, and then they got buzzsawed. I don't know what's happened to these West Coast teams with USC and UCLA because, again, you're right. Mick's going to have to do a better job of recruiting there. But on the short term, are they good enough to lay five against anybody? USC's pretty bad. I mean, 4-11 and 11 in conference play, really down. You're – you're right about Enfield. I mean, he got that job off that game. He did. Um, Evan Mobley's not walking through that door. What has USC really done in basketball in terms of expectations? I do not want to be 4-11. and 11. They don't want to get swept by UCLA. They mm -hmm. don't want to. I mean, only Oregon State has a worse conference record than they do. So it's a very, very down time at, at a school that should be able to recruit at Absolutely. will, right? So Play basketball uh, in L.A.? Tough life. It's a tough life. <laughs> Things can be worse. So they're going to uh, get five against UCLA. But, yeah, no way I want a part of uh, what Andy Anfield's got going on. Same conference, Utah, the Utes. Uh, they're getting some points here against Colorado. We talked about Colorado briefly uh, in the odds to make it to as a bubble team, a true bubble team there for Colorado. This feels like one of those must-win scenarios at home if you're really going to take Colorado seriously. Uh, do you take them seriously enough today to lay the points? Well, they, they – they uh, they played awfully well. I was pretty high on Utah after they beat BYU because mm -hmm. BYU uh, I thought was the most off if, off efficient offensive team in the country at that point earlier in the year. Um, they've stubbed their toe here uh, quite a bit. I think Colorado wins this game. Do I want to lay the full seven? Probably not. I mean, if this number was closer to three, three and a half, four, I'd be interested in it. Um, so it's a pass for me. But I'd be surprised if Colorado lost at home tonight. Colorado State is coming here to the desert to take on the Rebs. Uh, total 139.5, essentially a pick em we're seeing in this spot. Well, what do you make of the Rebs this year? Are you a little down on the Rebs? Or? I was, and then they shocked me. They won at New Mexico, right? They lost that game to Utah State. I don't know if you saw that game. I did not. They're up four with 10 seconds to go. Oh, yeah. The five-point play. Yep. And it was a terrible call. Guy did nothing. The, the Utah State guy took his legs out underneath Arm him. Goes up. He fell on top of him. And they called the three and two free throws. A five-point play with eight seconds left. It was absolutely awful. Um, so that they've got some potential. Colorado State's going to be the seventh seed if the tournament started today. Wow. I think Colorado State's really in trouble on the bubble. They've got this is a big game for them. I like them to come in here and win tonight. Colorado State on the road here in a pick'em spot against the Rebs. Mike's going to go with the road team in this one. Uh, we also mentioned Villanova. They're mm -hmm. getting a big number today. Remember, you had to lay a small price tag, I think $1.40, that they make the NCAA tournament. Not a price that Mike and I want to be involved with, with when you look at the rest of their schedule where they currently stand in the, in the Big East. But you're going on the road 
against the anointed UConn Huskies. We're now looking at them as by far the best team in college basketball. Laying 12 and a half. Villanova is one of those teams that can kind of, you would hope, slow it down. That's why the total here, uh, a little bit lower at 133 and a half. But do you want to be in front of that that freight train you got? The, the problem, it, because off that horrible loss. Right. And not that they lost at Creighton, it's horrible, but they got blown out, and then Hurley's yelling at the fans. And, I mean, that was a bad night. Hurley's a nut job. <laughs> if you listen to the dad at all, I mean, the dad, the dad was pretty brutal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then the brother's like a rat. He's like Rat Jr. from Krzyzewski. But, um it's just a bad spot because they're coming off that loss. You know, this was a one-point game when they played in Philadelphia. This was a tight game earlier in the year, um, which would say, well, we'll take the 12-and-a-half on the road. I just don't know how PO'd that um, UConn's going to be in this spot. Yeah, and again, we saw it today with Arizona. It really looked like it felt like the right side to lay the big number after they were coming off their Washington State loss, and yet somehow Washington ended up getting home, getting the uh, 17. They lose by 15. That maybe a backdoor cover is the best scenario here for Villanova, but Villanova does look at that and they go, all right, we played them close in Philly. If we really want to take our name off the bubble, a signature win against the best team in college basketball, this is their opportunity, right? Well, they shouldn't be scared. I mean, it was 66, 65, right? right? So they shouldn't feel like this team is just going to overwhelm them. So I would take it if I was doing anything in this spot, but I'm not. Be cautious, though, right? Because yeah. we, we don't know uh, as nuts as the Hurleys can be. You know, Bobby Hurley started that whole tap in the floor thing mm-hmm. for K back oh, in the yes. day. The brothers seem to have a lot of that. <laughs> uh, very quickly, uh, UNC right now, they're under 15 minutes to go. Uh, a ton of points for UVA. They're up to 27. It's 33-27 now. Scored 16 through five minutes. so it's... It scored 16 in that first half yep. and 16 through the first five minutes of the second half. Go figure. The pace has picked up, but still a far way off of of, of 130. We'll see if Virginia can continue to string possessions. There's a wide open three from the top of the key. Clank. Can't get it. Andrew Cayley is going to join us next to talk all things NBA next year on Live Bet Saturday. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns of every single game. Visit VEASAN.com slash pro and subscribe today. That's VSN.com slash pro. Dave Ross, Mike Palm coming at you here from Circus Sportsbook right now. Carolina, 12 minutes ago, up 13. They've increased mm. that lead, 40 to 27. And still all big blue nation right now. Kentucky up 64-48 with just under 18 minutes to go in regulation there. So the Cats looking pretty good right now on the college hardwood. Let's talk some NBA matchups tonight with Andrew Cayley from Covers.com. Give him a follow on X at Covers underscore Cayley. Andrew, great to have you back in the program. Let's talk about the NBA and what you're seeing so hard in the uh, second half of this NBA season. Two teams that, um, well, certainly Detroit. It's been a long year already in Detroit. They're getting eight tonight against the uh, the boys from the Magic Kingdom there in Orlando. What do you make of what Detroit is? As bad of a start as it was, are they playing, dare I say, better basketball? I, I think they are, surprisingly. <laughs> it, it's not as bad as eight wins looks. Like mm. eight wins is, is pretty bad at this point of the season. But I think eight points is probably too many in this spot. Orlando has, which got to this record thanks to its pretty solid defense, has been a little more mediocre uh, since the start of February. They only rank uh, 18th in defensive rating uh, this month. So they've let up a little bit. They're not as strong a team. Uh, on the road this season uh, when it comes to um, covering spreads, I mean, um, and the uh, the Pistons are, are solid at, at home so far when it comes to ATS 13 and 14. So that's that's good for them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do think that they're just kind of just seeing what they have for the remainder of the season. Obviously, they know they have to build around Cade Cunningham, but you're seeing guys like Jaden Ivey take more shots. Uh, I think he is a good player to target when it comes to player props in this matchup. Um, he's taking 5.73s per game over his last 15 games. 
I like him to go over one and a half made threes tonight. I think that's a really good prop tonight to, to focus in on. You can get that at plus money, and th- that's pretty much what the the Pistons are going to be. Let, let's see what we got. Jalen Duran's really not another good piece they have. Uh, I think the Magic win this one, but I think it's too many points. Andrew, the national game on ABC, Celtics at Knicks. The Celtics are 44-12. and 12. They have a seven-and-a-half game lead in the East. They've won seven in a row. They, I mean, they're on their pace for like 65 wins here. Lane six at Madison Square Garden tonight. Bets on the game, and then also... If they win 65 or 66 games, doesn't Joe Mazzulla get some consideration for coach of the year? I think he would just because he was kind of, it felt like he was the scapegoat for their, their issues in the playoffs last season. Was he even going to come back as the head coach this year? And just to see the way they're playing under him is uh, obviously very encouraging for what he's done there. And for my money, they also have the best. It helps when you have the best starting lineup in the National Basketball Association as well. When you can start out Tatum and Brown and Chris Porzingis and Derek White and Drew Holiday are your fourth and fifth, fifth options. You're you're doing pretty well there. They're the only team in the NBA that ranks in the top three in both offensive and defensive rating. Um, the Knicks. They they need OG and Anobi back really badly. They uh, they kind of built this team to be uh, like him, he, him to be their defensive stalwart and take away opponents' best options. Uh, since he's been out, they now rank um, uh, I believe it is 18th in defensive ratings without OG uh, over that stretch, and they rank 28th in opponent three point shooting percentage over that span. So maybe target some uh, some Celtics three point shooting tonight. Don't hate Kristaps Porzingis over 19 and a half points. I think he's a really bad matchup for Hartenstein. He's an even worse matchup for Precious Achua. Um, he can obviously shoot from, from range too, so he can take advantage of that issue that the Knicks are having. Um, but I really like Drew Holiday over 11 and a half points, which you can get about even money. He's, like I said, he's like the fourth or fifth option on this team. He's been shooting tremendously from three, 44% almost from three this season. Um, and he's averaging 13.7 points over his last 15 games and gone over this number nine times over that stretch. So, so really like Drew Holiday is in kind of a secondary scoring role here tonight in a, in a matchup that I think the Knicks probably lose <laughs> once again. And I'd probably lay with the Celtics here. They, they just don't look right. Jalen Brunson is, is trying to do his best to keep this together. Um, uh, I would look at Brunson's under six and a half assists as well, because I really think he's going to try to focus on scoring in this one. So that might be another thing to target. One team that cannot roll out a Boston Celtics like roster would be the Nets. And they're going to be <laughs> on the road tonight against the T-Wolves. They're getting eight on the road. Is this one-way traffic for the home team? I, I, I think so. Even though the, the Timberwolves are, are playing the second half of a back-to-back here, uh, keep an eye on the status of Rudy Gobert. He just popped up on the board as questionable. If he doesn't go, I'd probably stay away from it. If he does play, I'd be pretty comfortable with the Timberwolves in this spot. The Nets are just in a bad place right now. They just got blown out by a Raptors team that is not very good. Um, so I'd be focusing on maybe under a team total for the Nets. I'm, I'm taking uh, Mikhail Bridges under 21 and a half points in this matchup. He averages 21.7, um, and he's going up against... <laughs> arguably one of the best defenses in the NBA. He's got his lowest effective field goal percentage since his rookie season. I'm going to call that the Brooklyn effect. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's pretty bad in Brooklyn right now. Let's talk some Major League Baseball, Andrew. I'm just starting yeah. to try to delve through these teams and these divisions and where people are going to land. I mean, there's still a lot of uncertainty there. I want to start with the Dodgers. Obviously, they have a lot of headlines. Uh, acquiring Otani. I mean, the, the, the win total is... 104. I mean, I mean, it's That's astronomical. It's, it's it's almost mathematically you want to play against it. Um, tell me why you like either the over or under on the Dodgers. I just uh, I think it's still the over, and I know like it's it's one of the highest totals you'll ever see out there. But I I just watched a a tidbit of that spring training game the other day, and they just had the graphic there. You're, they're batting Mookie Betts, followed by Freddie Freeman, followed by Shohei Otani, and it's almost bewildering to think about that, that they're going to trot that out there every single day. They won a hundred games last year and added Otani. They've done a few nice things to the rotation. I think Bobby Miller is a nice big breakout candidate this year. Um, Tyler Glasnow, if he can be healthy, he could be in the Cy Young conversation as well. And um, hopefully Walker Bueller comes back for them as well. If he can get healthy, say a couple months into the season coming off Tommy John surgery, it's just, it's an embarrassment of riches for this team. It, it's 
it's I'm it's a staggering number, but I still think they I think 104 less than 104 wins would would be almost a disappointment for them. They've hit that number in in six for the last six full seasons. So yeah, I, I'd still lean over here. Andrew, I want to ask you about the NL Central a little bit because I know a team you've got to play on is the Reds, and they're the third betting choice right now to win that division over three to one uh, underdogs to do so. Their win total sitting basically even money at 82 and a half. What do you make of the Red Legs this year? I, I really like I like the value for them to win the division because I think the NL Central is maybe the division where every single team has question marks. Um, the, are the Cubs going to sign Cody Bellinger? We're kind of still waiting on that. Like, what are the the Brewers have sold off with their best starting pitcher? Like, who knows what's going on there? I think there's an opportunity for a very talented Reds team here. Obviously, very young still. Um, high a high ceiling i think for them this season um with all those talented youngsters they and they did a few things to i think support those young players and get signing some veteran guys like a frankie montas and a jamie calandrio um from the cubs like it's it's gonna be a fun team in cincinnati this year and with the with the ceiling i think they i think they improve on what they did last year so i like the over one of my guilty pleasures, Andrew, is betting Cy Young. I, I do I do too much of it, too much of it every year. I see you have Jesus Lazardo for yes. National League Cy Young um, in your portfolio. Tell me why he'll become the first Peruvian-born pitcher to win the Cy Young. Because he he's a, he strikeouts. That's <laughs> Cy Young voters have. Uh, shifted the way that they vote recently. Um, innings don't matter as much, but strikeouts are still a big thing. He'll obviously uh, need a sub three ERA as well. Something I think he can do. He's got one of the, uh, the best fastballs for a left-hander in major league baseball. The other thing is the landscape has really drastically changed in the national league, which is why it's one of the areas I targeted this year. It's no longer a three horse race between a Kershaw, a DeGrom and a Scherzer who just dominated that landscape for so long, much more wide open market now. And so that's why you start scrolling on the board board and you see 31 this guy had 208 strikeouts in under 180 innings um and he's cut his walk rate each of the last three seasons uh and if he if he can control some of um some of those walks again this season then i think he's in a really good position to follow in sandy alcantara's uh footsteps and win uh cy young for miami how far could the maple leafs go <laughs> I actually, this is a, I'm a terrible Canadian. I don't follow hockey at all. Oh. <laughs> They're going to take away your citizenship. He's just really good at hockey. That's, that's, that's what I know. Andrew, great, great stuff. Don't, don't say that too loudly there in Canada. You better not uh, get that secret out. Appreciate you, man. We'll catch you some tickets. We'll catch up again soon. Uh, gentlemen, Thanks, when we come back here, it's getting worse for Alabama in Big Ooh. Blue Nation. We'll discuss what's going on there in some of our best bets to wrap up this edition of Live Bet Saturday. Come on back. We'll see you in a couple minutes. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time... 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5, get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet happens to lose. Download the app, use promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. I'm not going to say that this bets can't lose because you, you never do that. We know that in this space. But your overplay of 175 and a half in this Kentucky-Alabama game with 13 minutes to go. I mean, of course, you could have some freakish stuff where there's no points in the final four minutes. Mike Palm, it's 82-56, Big Blue Nation, with 13 minutes to go in regulation. 82 well, points. Kentucky's only shooting 69% from the field today. So, uh, yeah. They're they going to score 110. And they just scored it again. They had 100 at the half, and then through the first seven minutes and 20 seconds, they've scored 40, right? So will it get to 200? That's the question. And back and forth. I mean, look at this. In, the, in, the, in college football, if you get a total of 66-67, you go, man, that's, that's a big total, right? But this was 175, now 176 would have closed. Yep. College basketball, you're like, man, that's a lot of points. I got to get 80 aside. I always feel like when you see extremely high totals, you should play over, and extremely low, you should play under because the bookmaker can't make it high enough or can't make it low enough. They're, they can't because of the action. They will get no action. I mean, if they if they made an Iowa football total 27, oh my God. who's going to bet it under? But yet all those games kept going under 32, under 31. But you can't make it low in that, that I, low. I kept laying off those type numbers because, again, it's like the double dog dare, right? Meanwhile, we had mentioned UVA and UNC, and that total was 130. Yeah. There's six and a half minutes to go in regulation. It's 43-32. 43-32. Carolina by 11. Now by 12. 44-32. So we have a total right now of 76 points. With six minutes to go in regulation. 54. You need under 54 at the six. You need nine points a minute. And what's Virginia going to do to speed up as the game comes down the line? Look, I, by the way, I'm not in the business of saying that coach should get fired ever in any sport. You should get what you get. I, I do worry about Tony Bennett going forward. Because if if you lose, they're going to, well, if you, you, at least if you lose and it's kind of fun to watch. When you lose and it's boring, that's the double whammy. And right now, UVA sitting at 20 and 7, still 11 and 5. It's a tournament team, yep. obviously. But it's just not aesthetically pleasing to the eye when you watch them play basketball. It's a tough watch. But they say that about Iowa football, right? And yet, Kurt Ferentz, every year. Yet Michigan. And he's won in 10 games a year. And yet, Michigan in the Big Ten championship game had a real hard time. They had 3.2 yards per play. I mean, their defense is something. Now, the dynamic of what was that Big Ten West obviously changing with those four Pac-12 schools oh coming in. It's, yes. Yeah. It's going to be – it's going to upset the whole landscape the yep. way we're used to with conference realignment. Uh, let's get to some of our best bets that we have, and obviously you've got one that looks like it's getting ready to cash. You might cash out at the eight-minute mark with that over uh, <laughs> in that game there. Um, by the way, some other scores of interest here for Live Bet Saturday. Georgia Tech, remember, they were getting a bunch of points. Nine. They're up three down there in Miami, and that was your mm -hmm. lean. We had mentioned how tight we thought Okie State and Oklahoma would be in Bedlam. Yeah, I, I leaned Oklahoma here. 
two-point game. Five minutes to go in regulation, 62-60. Take the one and a half. Take the one and a half. You never know if it's going to come into play. Uh, Mike, that looks pretty smart right now. If you want that extra uh, point and a half here in a two-point deficit in that one. And also, uh, let's see what uh, any other games of interest going on right now. Uh, those, those feel like the big ones right there on the board. But do you have anything else in play that you like tonight? I, I know Kansas, by the way, has dropped from eight and a half. Back down to seven. Late Texas money coming in on this one, which is a bit of a surprise because it did go from seven to eight to eight and a half, and now kind of a seismic drop for a point and a half back down to seven. Yeah, I don't have anything else in college basketball. Um, I bet Minnesota tonight in hockey. I bet the Wild. I think they're playing awfully well. They won four in a row heading into the break, and then the break happened, and they stubbed their toe a little Mm bit. Um, They're starting to pick up that momentum again. Played well in Edmonton last night. A lot of long trip to go to to Seattle, and they're actually a dog because of the back to back on the road. I got them uh, plus one thirty here on uh, on the Wild, so I do have that in pocket as well. Do you have any futures in the NHL as we get closer and closer to the second I have season? Two. Now? I bet one before the year started. The LA Kings, wow. and remember they played so well early on. Well, they look great. They went into the swoon. They fired Todd McClellan, new coach. They started to pick it up again. I saw it at one point they were seventeen to one. Uh, I, and they're still around my original number right now. Then I took just a, a, a real long shot flyer play on Calgary. Really? At 150 to one uh, three weeks ago. They're one point out of the second wild card right now. Markstrom really rounded into shape. Now, this is a team that let a lot of their big stars go over the past few years. The risk here is that Markstrom gets traded before the trade deadline. Um, and if he does, then forget about it. But if he stays and they get in the play, I mean, if the, once you make the Sweet 16, essentially getting into the playoffs at all at 150 to one, you you can monetize that ticket. Absolutely. By the way, Edmonton right now is the favorite to win Ward Stanley's Cup. They're at plus 750. Panthers at eight to one. Colorado at 850, and the Bruins uh, back at plus 850. There. Do you not take uh, – well, of course you take Edmonton seriously. They're the favorite. But does the defense worry you? We know about the we've, offense. We've never seen it in the playoffs. That's the problem. And through that streak where they won 17, I mean, they held their opponents to two or less in 14 of those games, and they played it. The break came at a terrible time for them, too. And then they had to come to Vegas and that, and then pl- outplayed them for probably two out of the three periods. Um, I actually think Colorado's the best team in the West. Really? Short price, though, at eight, at, at eight plus 850. But nobody's talking about them, right? Yeah. And I still think Nathan McKinnon's the best player in the game, most valuable to his team. So I don't have a ticket on them. But I think that central division in the playoffs, Colorado, Winnipeg, who's played way over their skis, and Dallas will be interesting. I think the winner of the West comes out of the central. I think... I think Colorado probably ends up winning the Stanley Cup. You know, the Bees at plus 850 after that first-round heartbreak in, in Game oh, 7 last year. I had right? them at 35-1 to last oh, year, pre- preseason. And, you know, historic regular season that we saw a year ago. Uh, it, it feels like it's bunched right in the East when you look at Florida yeah. at 8-1, to 850 for— Florida's played unreal. Right? Hurricanes are right there at 9-1, and then the Blue Shirts are there at 10-1. to out of those numbers in the East, do you look at the short favorite there in the Panthers at 8-1? to I'd look at the Rangers at 10-1. to I believe they just won their 10th or 11th in a row today. Yeah. Uh, they, they went at Philadelphia. They were down one nothing. Uh, came back and won the game 2-1. to one, uh, Or they uh, maybe I got it wrong. Maybe they took the one. But they were tied 1-1 uh, and won the game 2-1. to one. Um, They're playing awfully well. You've got Shesterkin. Um, and, you know, I think Fever Laviolette's done a good job. They have all those snipers on offense that have paid a lot of money for, and they're rounding into shape. So in the East, I look at the Rangers. I had some uh, UFC plays for UFC Mexico that we talked about earlier in the program. I'll give those out again. I do like the under in the main event here. You can still get plus money. I'm still seeing a plus ten. Got a little bit better number earlier in the week. That's under three and a half rounds in that championship round. Uh, excuse me, the main event matchup between Moreno and Roy Vall. So played that at under three and a half. And I do like Brian Ortega, our, our esteemed <laughs> producer. I really do like Brian today. Uh, right now, that number has fluctuated a little bit. Uh, and I cannot believe this, but... Um, He's down to plus dollar twenty right now on that number. Yair minus dollar forty-two. I, I got a little bit better price as the week went on. It was as high as a dollar fifty, dollar sixty a week ago. Came all the way down to about a dollar ten. Little buyback now here on El, El Pantera. But I do like Ortega here at plus a dollar ten, uh, plus dollar twenty rather. I didn't play the total. Remember, this is a five-round 
uh, matchup here for the co-main event. I would lean to the under because to me, I think if Ortega is going to get it done, he's got to get it done sooner than later. Yair wants wants to keep this fight standing. So uh, no official play there, but I do have Ortega on the side to win this. And I do think the winner of this fight is going to get the next title shot in the featherweight division against Ilya Teporia after his knockout win last week against Alexander Volkanovsky. And then Raul Rosas Jr., this is the prodigy. This is the 19-year-old already making his fourth fight in the UFC at 19 years young against the old guy, the 30-year-old Ricky Tercios here. Uh, I do like Rosas. That's not the official play. I would play him by sub. You can get him about 2-1 to one via sub right now. But I do like the under in that fight as well at under two and a half rounds because Rosas Jr. has cardio issues, at least it showed in his only loss so far in his young UFC career. If that happens again in Mexico City, then the dog could be live. But I do think Rosas eventually gets this done via sub sooner rather than later. Play the under two and a half rounds at plus a dollar. Does the elevation in Mexico City play a factor in that? It does. Yeah. Uh, it, to me, it really is. That's a real deal yep. for mm-hmm. cardio. And then when you're younger, sometimes that adrenaline dumps real because you're so hyped. You want to go out there and put on a show. If you don't get it done early, which I think he will, that's where I think the dog could be in play there. But I don't think that fight's going to hit the cards. Mike, that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Had a couple, couple winners. A couple winners. Couple. Did you already cash that over yet? Is uh, it? Yeah, it's close. It's close it's already close. with about eight minutes to go in regulation. Uh, thanks to Brian Ortega, everybody behind the glass here that do a fine job each and every week. What's that saying, Brian? Oh, Adam Kaufman, Jared Smith. Coming up next, right here, so don't go anywhere. We got you covered right here on Visa. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.